welcome to... Hey, great shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, brought to you by Crack Rackets. My name is Alex Gruskin. Joining me, as he always does, is my doubles partner, partner in crime, and a man who has lost more money than he's made thus far in the Australian Open, Maxwell Bauer-Rothman. Maxie, hey, great shot. Uh, you're actually wrong. I'm dead even because of my last bet with Tiafo. But <laughs> I'm glad we're starting off this way because we will be talking some betting during this pod. Uh, but you're, you're definitely wrong there. Well, there's been so much Australian open talk, all of which you can find on our website, CrackedRackets.com. But in the spirit of, you know, everyone watches tennis during the majors, this is the most popular time for the sports. We had to bring in a special guest, and we are happy to be joined today by the assistant editor-in-chief, the Yankee blogger, Roger Federer's number one fan. He made two clutch free throws to lead the Chippewas to victory, and the host of the Short Porch podcast, it is Eric Hubs of Barstool Sport. Eric, hey. Great shot. Hey, what's, what's going on? I can see you have some reading skills. You can read my, uh, my bio on, my, uh, on the website. <laughs> well, that's all I got. I am curious. How'd you get into tennis, of all things? Um, I played it, like, recreationally growing up. And, like, I, I re- looking back, I really should have gotten lessons because I think I've been pretty good. But I was a baseball <laughs> guy. Um, but in college, I don't know, you, you're, I was a freshman at Syracuse. Didn't have a ton of friends like, right off the bat, and had a few buddies that I met who gambled, and we, I don't know, there was just tennis on late at night, we started gambling on it, and, like, when you bet on something enough, you kind of, like, just learn the whole thing. Like, by accident, I kind of just learned every player. I'd always loved Federer, but I, like, by, like, a year in of gambling on it, I knew everything to do with tennis, so I was just hooked, and that was, I mean, eight years ago, so flash forward now, and I'm very, very hooked. So I'm I'm hoping that you're at least up on your betting on the Australian Open this year. Um, yeah, I think I am. Uh, <laughs> I started out red hot, uh, like six and zero, and then I went out. I think I lost like eleven in a row. I went. I, oh, it was, it's been a it's been a game of streaks. I started really hot, then got couldn't have been colder, and now I'm very I'm I'm doing very well again. I'd say I'm probably a little bit over five hundred. That that's right. very impressive and. I do want to talk about the Australian Open, but just one more thing about your coverage of tennis. You know, at Cracked Rackets, we think tennis is one of the most unintentionally comedic sports, and that's why it's so enjoyable. And I'm just curious, at Barstool, you guys are obviously known for covering football, basketball, all of the big things as well. But when you're, you know, carving out your niche, uh, doing a little bit of tennis coverage, what, what, what are you pitching to your editors as, hey, this is why we should have this on the site? Oh, I mean... That's not really how we do things at Barstool. I don't have to pitch anything to anybody. <laughs> oh, that's uh, awesome. If, if, uh, if I find something that's interesting and uh, I think I can make a good blog out of it and, you know, put a funny spin on it, then I can write about it. I, I usually get a little shit <laughs> from my, uh, my boss, uh, San Marco, for, uh, for writing tennis because he's like, like he'll always, he'll always, uh, I'll say like, hey, this blog is ready, like, this federal blog is ready, and he'll be like, hell yeah, in like a sarcastic tone. Because like tennis, <laughs> but uh, there there are many times where those blogs actually do really well. Then I get the last laugh and I get to show them the numbers, and, and it's actually uh, very funny. This year I've had actually a, a, quite a few of those with the Australian Open, but some weird shit going on. So um, yeah, I, I mean like at Barstool, we're not going to. I'm not going to blog after every match and be like, wow, what? You know, it's more just you know like um, I saw a really hot 
Australian Open uh, tennis chair umpire. So I blocked her. You know, I, two women were fighting over headbands. I blogged them. You know, like, it's, it's funny she did that. But also, I'm like a huge Federer guy on the side. So anything he does, I usually have up on the side. <laughs> when Francis Tiafo had sex noises going on during his match, what was that like? Yeah, uh, that was funny. I think I blocked that. Uh, I think I did. Yeah. Well, someone, someone definitely did uh, on our site. That was something. Because they, they originally thought it was someone was watching porn. And then, <laughs> and then they found, and then they, like, it just kept going on. And then, what, Tiafo then screamed, like, uh, it can't be that good or something. I appreciate that's what it was. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was, it was, uh, that was very funny. None of that so far in this ring open. No sex noises. Where, where are you finding, I'm, I'm curious, I mean, hopefully you're starting to get some of your information from us, but uh, where are you finding most of these stories? Do you, do you follow anything specific that, that lets you find all this info? Um, I mean, Reddit's a good spot, like, for... <laughs> all the Reddit during, games, still. During, um, during, like, Grand Plans, like, I'm watching, so, but the, yeah. that Tiapa thing was, I think, I don't know where that, what, what tournament that was, but, um, but the lesser tournaments, like, Things will pop up on Reddit and stuff. I'll see it that way. You know, you you, you, you look you look hard enough, you find it. But uh, I mean, I'm usually just watching the Australian Open, the U.S. Open, Wimbledon. I'm staying up crazy hours to watch them because it's, there's always something fascinating going on. Tennis is like very weird with that, where there are always these really crazy, bizarre stories that go on off the side that just you don't really get with any other sport. So. We completely agree with you. And you mentioned Francis Tiafo. I think that's as good of place as any to start in terms of the Australian Open. His run for people who follow tennis, not exactly out of nowhere. This is a guy who's the former world number two junior, a guy who had advanced in the top 50 last year, won an ATP title. But still, to see him you know, beat Grigor Dimitrov, beat Kevin Anderson, make a quarterfinal, it, do you think this is a new frontier in terms of American tennis, Eric? Uh, they're definitely set up that way. Um, I mean, I think the American women are way more set up than the American men for the future. But, um, you know, it was a nice little, yeah, Tiafo. I, I couldn't believe he beat Kevin Anderson. That was bizarre. Because usually he's been a mainstay in, like, the quarters for the last several Grand Slams. Like, the season go out of the second round was shocking. Seppi was, he's like, there's just totally two different um, animals, Anderson and Seppi. Because Anderson, you know, the big server, but he can also return a few balls. Steppi is just like, he's going to put everything back in play. And, and Tiafo is a guy who, he's young, he's stupid still, and he's going to make these, these unforced errors and try and hit it a billion miles an hour, which Steppi just puts it back in play. So it took like a hell of a game. for I was, I was almost more impressed with that, that match more than the Anderson match because I just didn't think Tiafo was like made to beat Steppi. But um, no, he was, he was impressive. And this is the kind of tournament that like he can use mentally to, like, catapult himself for future tournaments because now he knows he can beat some really good people instead of bowing out in the second round. Um, I mean, there was no way he was going to be, you know, he wasn't going to go crazy far. You know, even beating Dimitrov was, was impressive, but, you know, once he faced Nadal, you know, he was not going to be rough with Nadal. But, I, I mean, in terms of the other guys, like, Riley Opelka, I hate John Isner. I can't fucking him. <laughs> uh, so, but Riley... But you like Opelka? Yeah, well, Riley's basically... He's like a clone, but he returns it a little better. Isner is the biggest waste of like talent in the history of like the planet. I can't stand that guy. He's, he wears his Lacoste thing, and he complains all the time. And like, I hate John Isner. Uh, but Okalka seems to be like maybe a little bit of a better version of him. So he could be a good 
uh, guy in the future. He's still pretty young. Uh, Taylor Fritz, he had a good run, too. It was, it was definitely, like, the best um, the American men have looked in, in a great... I, mean, I, think I, I think last year at the Australian Open, like, they were all out in the first round, first or second round. Like, no one made a run. So it was nice to see three guys kind of make a little bit. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you brought up a bunch of the American guys there, and, and you wrote an article about Alexander Zverev, who is, you know, I guess kind of just recently moving out of that next-gen category. But what do you think about him? Is, is this a guy that's going to win a Grand Slam? you think he's got any potential for that in the coming years? I don't know. I He, he has, a, like, when it, when it comes to minor tournaments, like Master 1000 tournaments, well, but in Grand Slams, I mean, that guy's trash after three yeah. matches. Like, he's almost like a Grigor Dimitrov clone in, the, in, like, in a mentality sense because – I mean, he just can't. He, you just don't see him in like quarterfinals and semifinals anymore. And when he gets there, he just blown out. But the way he lost, who did he lose to? He lost to Manich. It was bad. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, it was it was really really bad. So I don't know. I mean, he was so not competitive in that match. It was six one six one in the first yeah. two sets. So I, I yeah, I don't know what, what's up with him. Yeah, he's the world number four, and he wins all these small tournaments, but. I mean, he's got to show something in that Grand Slam because he's got nothing so far. So he made the quarterfinals of last year's French Open. I think he went like a quiet 27-4 and with like a Masters title, Masters final, loses quarterfinals to team at the French. This brings me to two of the prop bets I wanted to do later on, but let's start here with Alex Virev. This is a make-believe bet, I should say. These odds were created by me, and so take them with a grain of salt. But if I asked you, Eric and Max, more Grand Slams, Alex Virev or Naomi Osaka over the course of their careers, and I said Zverev is plus 350, Osaka plus 110, who are you betting on? Mm, I mean... I mean, I don't think that's close. I think it's definitely Osaka. I mean, she's already proved, like, she's back in a final already. <laughs> she, she's in back-to-back finals to, to start off her, her career start, and Zverev hasn't sniffed that. He's a sniffed semi. So, I mean, you got to go Osaka. And she has, like, kind of a great all-around game, great mentality. She's super young. Yeah, you got to go Osaka. Plus, you have to think um, Serena's going to retire eventually, like, in one or two years. And... It's really not going to get much easier for Zavera because, you know, these guys coming up uh, are really, really good, like, stars, like Shapovalov, I love, uh, you know, all, even, like, Grigor Dimitri can, like, hang around for a little bit more, you know, a little bit more with the other guys. But, you know, Djokovic is still hanging around here. It's, it's hard for Zavera. It's, like it's a way easier path for Osaka. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go ahead and agree. I, I have crazy high expectations for Osaka. Like, I, I'm thinking, like, potentially – double-digit Grand Slams for her, uh, which which may be a hot take. but uh, So I, I'm, I'm going to agree with Eric here. I don't, I don't see this being close. I don't know. There are so many talented young uh, women in, on the singles tour right now. You talk about all the Americans, Anisimova, Kenan, Osegway, Bellis. You know, then you have the crop above them, Stevens and Simona Halep, Pliskova, Kerber, Svitolina. After Serena retires, who knows what's going to happen on that side? There definitely won't be, you know, big favorites at any Grand Slams. Right. Eventually, the big three retire, though. Like, the big three have to, the big three have to retire eventually, right? And that's when Zverev makes his move? Yeah, I mean, that would make the most sense. I mean, it won't be a, but, like, you know, Djokovic, I mean, I mean, the doll looks, the doll hasn't dropped the set. He looks incredible. So, <laughs> That's true. No I think the only—I mean, obviously Murray's 
you know, it's no longer a pick four, it's a pick three because Murray's done. But, um, you know, I, I think, I'm sure we're going to get into this, but I think Fetters, I, I, I'm finally accepting that he's pretty much, this could be his last year. He's probably, like, I don't know if he could beat the top guys anymore because the, the way he lost this year wasn't, it wasn't because of the conditions or an injury, it was just he got beat. So that's, like, you know, that, that's really never happened, like, to a younger guy at least. You just dominate those people. So, yeah, Federer leaves the vet, you know, a year or two. But then who knows when Nadal and Djokovic ever retire, you know? So, and then Zverev, I don't know. I don't know if he's kept, I don't know if he has the mentality to get that far. So, so with that sentiment, I mean, you, you just kind of made the point that Djokovic and Nadal still have, you know, potentially a couple more years on tour. Do you think that Federer will maintain the GOAT status that so many people label him with right now? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I think the way he did it in the era where like everyone was just like, there, he had that stretch where he just won Wimbledon every single year, and then he won the U.S. Open. Like every, when he was at his prime, there was no one better than him, and the competition was really, really good, and he just beat everybody. Um, he, he, he could get topped in the, in the Grand Slam department, like the number-wise, if, if Nadal wins the Aussie, and then, you know, you, you think he's definitely going to win the French. So that's another, I mean, you know, you just start catching Fed. I don't know if Fed wins again. Uh, I don't know if he's capable at this point, but I hope he does. Um, but to me, Federer will always be the GOAT. Oh, so, I mean, subjectively, the GOAT can be whatever, but I think in terms of Grand Slam counts, there's no way Federer holds on. There's no f***ing way he does because you look at it, Nadal's at 17. Given how good he's looked, he's got, what, at least two more Frenches in him? Probably, like maybe more. Uh, then you throw in a third. Who's to say he doesn't win one of these on hard court? That gets him to 20. Djokovic, you know, he's got to win, I think, six more. I think that's very possible. You talk about none of Zverev, Tsitsipas, Medvedev, Kachanov, uh, even Chilich, Nishikori, any of those guys really competing with him on a hard court. If Federer doesn't have the slam record, he's not going to have the Masters record. He probably has weeks at number one, but maybe not by the time Djokovic is done. You know, he's got losing records against Nadal. I think he's at like 500 right now with Djokovic. It's tough. It, it's really tough to see how he holds on. Yeah, but the fact that he he was still doing it at the age that he was, like, just pursuing it is insane. I don't think anyone's capable of doing it at that age. Like, I... Uh, for to be that good all of a sudden again. Also, you said like Djokovic, you, you're just handing Djokovic like six grand slams. Where <laughs> you know a year ago we're looking at him with his injury, and you're like, is this guy even going to win again? Let's, Never again? Like once? It's yeah, proof he's a cyborg. Now, now this guy, uh, he's projected. He's the favorite for the next like the entire year of Grand Slams, and who knows? He could easily pull out two more this year. Or not two more. I haven't even won this yet. But he could win two easily this year if he stays healthy. And that's yeah. already, you know, a 30-year way there. And he's only 30, what, 32? 30, yeah, 30. but that's a, to stay healthy is the biggest. With a guy who, like, looked look lost, completely lost in the sport no less than a year ago. So, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I, I don't, after seeing what he went through, and I was, I didn't, there was a period where I didn't think Djokovic was ever going to lose a grand slam again. And then, like, you fast forward a little bit, and it was like, what the hell just happened? So you just never know. You never know what those types of guys. I would say the last okay. thing, he's gluten-free. Like, what's going to slow him down? He doesn't have gluten. I, I, I just don't want to ever have the thought of Federer not being the goat in my head, so I'm just sticking with that. All right, that's, that's fair. On the Djokovic train, 
the, uh, the actual, these are real odds for the Australian men's open final. Um, they've got Nadal at minus 120, Djokovic at even, and Pui at plus 4,000. Um, do you think those are realistic? Are you betting? Would you bet on Djokovic considering, you know, he still has to play Pui and playing this informed Nadal? Well, I mean, he's going to smoke Pui tonight, and I like the run that Pui's been on. I respect that run, but uh, I don't think I don't think Pui stands a chance. Um, straight sets. I would say I took Nadal last night straight sets. It's I'm not sure. Uh, I would think yeah. I, I would. What, what, I mean, I'm on my site right now. Let me see where he is to win straights. Is there even? A, uh, I don't think I have it here, but. Um, I would think he was in straights tonight. Yeah, I think Pui's going to be a little tired. Uh, but in, in the final, I'm the, what do you think the line is going to be in the championship? Do you think it's going to be even? Do you, I think Jokic will still be a favorite. It, yeah, and I think it'll be a mistake. Well, I think it depends on how many sets it goes tonight. If Djokovic goes five, gets tested physically, given that Rafa hasn't lost a set yet and has the extra day off, I say Rafa probably opens up minus one twenty. Djokovic maybe even, maybe a little bit less than that. But yeah, that, but uh, if Djokovic definitely. if Djokovic cruises, I mean, they've played what I think on one, in one Australian Open that was the year they went nine seven or whatever in the fifth. Djokovic won that. I think they're two and two all time on hard courts in Slam finals. Yeah, I have it here. Nadal leads four three overall in Slam finals, but he's won. Uh, two U.S. Opens, Djokovic has won a U.S., and then they're one Australian Open. I mean, Tsitsipas treed when he beat Djokovic in Toronto. That was three sets. Djokovic lost in, I think, what was it, China or, or somewhere along the way. Uh, that was a fluke. You're just not outlasting Djokovic three out of five. So if he opens up at even a you know, slight underdog, I think you have to take it. I'm going to take Nadal probably no matter what. That's wow. Fun. He's going to have the extra day, which I like that. Um, and to his serve, which is probably pretty much the most important part of his game at this point, uh, looks money. He, I remember listening to the broadcast. He changed something. I forget what it was. But he's, his second serve looks better. His first serve looks better. That's usually what Djokovic used on. is like when Nadal's stuck to his second serve and he just, you know, he tees up his forehand on the fucking, on, on the slow second serve and crushes him. But apparently... You know, he changed something a little better. So, I, I don't know. I give the edge to Nadal. But the odds will definitely be Djokovic with the favorite. But I, I like Nadal with the, with the small Nadal foot. I just think Djokovic's backhand return is that much better than anyone else's Nadal's played. And so that's like a hu- that's a huge factor. And if Nadal's not able to get early first balls, if he has to run around, I don't think Nadal's been broken yet. You know, Dimonauer, Tiafo. Uh, who else has he played? C.T. Pass. None of them are Novak Djokovic. I just, I don't know. He he looks a little old. The hairline doesn't help. <laughs> I, I, yeah, he does, he does not look old on the court, though. That dude's moving like a beast. Oh, really? I don't think he's... Uh, all right, you know my thoughts, Rothman, so I'm sorry for repeating it, but I just... I, against Luka Pui, I love Nadal's chances. I think that'd be a great match for him. I just I, I we've seen when Whoa, Djokovic, you're really going on a limb there. What what a what, what, what. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, what are the Pui odds right now to win? Are plus four thousand. Yeah. Uh, 
I've spent twenty dollars in stupider ways. There's a there's a world, you'll, right? You're literally lighting it on fire. Like, <laughs> oh, that's fair. I really hope now that that there's just the upset of the century, and we can go back and pinpoint that exact comment right there. <laughs> it's not happening. He's gonna get destroyed tonight. Uh, well. Yeah, not tonight, but tomorrow. Uh, in terms of the women's final, that opened up Kvitova minus one thirty, Osaka plus one ten. The spread is Kvitova uh, minus one game. I think if you think she's going to cover that, it's mi- uh, minus one hundred five. If you think Osaka, it's minus one twenty five. Over under twenty two games. Any bets you like there? Kvitova is scary. I mean, you could talk about the run that the Dolls had to get to the final. Kvitova is just ridiculous. I mean, she's just destroying. <laughs> So it's a tough ask for Osaka. I still, I still will take it because I love her. Um, but it would be a good story for Kvitova to win. You know, coming back where she almost like, you know, what, what was it, her hand or whatever she sliced open, or a weird tendon. Or it would have been. A, it's a good story regardless. But I lean Osaka. I like, I like Osaka. All right. That- uh, yeah, I, I would also take Osaka. I'm not, I'm not too worried. I know she just played a tough three setter, but. She knows what it's like. So she just won a Grand Slam before this, and there's nothing like wanting it, you know, back to back. I, I'm, I would take that bet 100. percent But I mean, the devil's advocate in me says Kvitova really hasn't played anyone that great. If you would have told her she's playing Anisimova round four, you know, Barty in the quarterfinals and then Collins in the semifinals, she'd be like, "Yep, sign me up for that. Like whatever it takes." And so Osaka's a different type of beast. Uh, yeah, for sure. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. So it, so it's interesting, but yeah, when Petra hits her forehand like that, she's fun to watch. I like it. Um, all right, yep. no, sorry. Um, all right, then let's move on to uh, one other thing we want to do, and then we'll hit you with a rapid fire, some fun questions at the end. But we wanted to play a little game of Great Shot Podcast trivia. So Westoff, if you could cue the sound effect, please. So Eric, you know, you you talk about following tennis and, you know, with the Australian Open being on, there's a ton of talk about the Grand Slams and we put together some fun facts. I just, I wanted to give you a little quiz, see how you do on some of these players' stats and where they match up in tennis history. Sound good to you? I'll probably be terrible, uh, to be honest. I'm I'm horrible with any kind of trivia. My brain is, I just have no memory of anything, but shoot, we'll go for it. Oh, it's good. It's, it's big three, big four trivia, so it should work out. Yeah, you, you know these guys. All right, let's start here. There have been, um, let's say, okay, sorry. We'll start with this one. The 2019 Australian Open will be what number of consecutive men's singles Grand Slam title won by someone from Europe? Um, hmm. Trying to think who would break it. Uh... I'll, I'll tell you who broke uh, it up. It was oh, oh, uh, he was from yeah, South America. The guy who broke it up was it Kevin Anderson? <laughs> it was Delpo, who was the last non-European to win. Uh, why? The, oh, uh, yeah. You're, oh, South, I you said South Africa. Oh, why yeah. Kevin Anderson. Um, okay. Uh, what was it, seven years ago? Something like that. 
Well, so wait, what's the answer? <laughs> oh, 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 you're sorry. It's now, this will be the, the math question. <laughs> yeah, thirty seventh consecutive men's Grand Slam singles title, fifty eighth in the last fifty nine. That just speaks to the dominance of you know the big four plus Warenka. That question just scrambled my brain. So, um, <laughs> but uh, all right, yeah, well, that's crazy. <laughs> we'll hit you with one that uh, will hopefully not scramble your brain as much. One of the, the big three just joined the 30th Grand Slam semifinal club. Which one is it, and, and where is he on the list of uh, Grand Slam finals? Semifinals. Well, it's got to be No. No? No. It's Nadal? Yeah. Huh. So Nadal just joined the 30th Grand Slam semifinal club. Federer has 43. Djokovic has 33. And Jimmy Connors has 31 ahead of Nadal at 30. Interesting. Well, that's something I ever done. Yeah, I told you it'd be terrible, though. <laughs> yeah. All right, here's an easy one. This can be our last one. Novak Djokovic is the second player in the open era to reach at least seven semifinals at every Grand Slam tournament. Can't, rather than ask you how many semifinals he's made at each Grand Slam, can you name the other player to do this? Federer? That is correct. I love it. Hey! <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Hit, hit it west off from sound effect. I'm going to kill myself if I got that wrong. <laughs> all right, well, one last thing we want to do before we let you go. This is a rapid-fire segment we like to put all of our guests through just so give our listeners a chance to learn a little bit more about them. Throw some fun questions your way. Uh, so that sound good to you? Yeah, I'll do it. All right, we'll start here. Start this one being tennis-themed. If you could go out, you know, out to the bar, out to a concert, out to whatever you want to do with any tennis player – We'll stick with the men's side so we don't get too scandalous. Who would you pick? Um, huh, that's a good one. Um, well, I'm not going to say Federer because I don't, I don't know if he's still got it. Completely he's agree. Five. He's in bed by 10. <laughs> although, although there was, what was it? Uh, what after it? Was it the Australian Open? Oh, Laver Cup? When they celebrated? No, but he won. No, he when he personally won something, I think it might have been Wimbledon. And he just, blo- oh, it was Wimbledon. And they just, him and, like, all his buddies, like, completely blacked out. Like, I think <laughs> there was a report in, like, the Daily Mail that, like, everyone was blacked out. That was, so maybe he does feel about it. But my answer is divided. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat and say two guys. Just, I think I have a great time with. One is Dennis Shapovalov, Shapovalov although he's not of age to drink yet. Uh, <laughs> but let's say he was. That would be a pretty good time because he's, like, my favorite guy besides Federer. And the other one has to be Kyrgios. I mean, Kyrgios would you know, <laughs> let her get a bar. Oh, I'd also throw Tanasi Kakanakis, Delpo in Aus- er, in Argentina. Because Delpo's, it's like oh, Delpo. Delpo is a great answer. Him Delpo's and Messi are Batman and Robin of Argentina. Yeah, that's a very, Delpo is, a, is actually a sneaky, like even at his age now, that guy could outdrink anyone. <laughs> I've also, I've also heard st- stories about Baghdadis being just an animal. I, I'm uh, just curious he, about that. Yeah, but he also smells probably terrible. He just <laughs> yeah. smells terrible, like, like non-stop, just, just, I don't want to go anywhere near that guy. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> I hope that guy doesn't listen to this. Let, let's hit you with the next rapid-fire question. Of the, we'll, we'll, we'll say big four for now, because I know Gruskin will, you know, have a fit if I don't include Murray in this. Of the big four being Djokovic, Murray, and Nadal and Fed, who wins if they're all entering on the Bachelorette? 
Oh, who wins the Bachelorette? Yep. Better. Uh, I mean, Murray would be. Murray might even get inside the house. <laughs> like, what the hell is going on with your teeth, man? I'm like, get out of here. What are you doing? Um, and I'd be like, what's your kilt? Like, he'd probably come out with a kilt. Be like, all right, you're gone. Uh, no, it would be between. It, it would, actually, I mean, that's a tough three. It, you know, Djokovic is a good-looking guy, Nadal is a good-looking guy, and then there's better. But it's got to be Roger because I don't think. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Roger. I think I think he's just he's a man of all talents and he would not. You're telling me Nadal's Spanish sex appeal isn't carrying him all the way to that final rose? Yeah, but his English is kind of broken, so I don't know if like I don't know if that would play with whoever was. You know, I want to understand the person, and Nadal felt like you know. I understand why. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. No, I like that. All right, let's stick Big Four themed. So same guys, you know, they all are in in their prime 40-yard uh, dash. Who's taking home the title? Of the Big Four? Yep. I mean, it's got to be Nadal. And just an, you don't I mean, think Joe... That guy just chases everything down. Djokovic on hard courts? I mean, that's assuming they're not running on clay or grass. Yeah, I don't know. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. I don't know why. It's just Nadal, 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 Nadal,
guy when it comes to the gear uh, at each tournament. With that, that's always my thing. We talk in the pod, and I think the neon's kind of cool. I actually like this year's gear way better. I, I love the like weird patterns. I don't know. I'm a huge fan. I'm definitely gonna be spending some money on that when the tournament's over. <laughs> uh, all right, I got I got one for you. Um, yay or nay on tennis grunting? Um. Well, I will say that when I have women's tennis on, um, it, Don't say it, was it, it does always sound like I'm watching porn. So <laughs> that's not like it's not the greatest thing in the world, especially like when I was at college watching it. It was just like people get what the is going on in there. Um, but uh, no, I, I mean, I, I kind of just tune it out. I don't really care. Um, it is interesting when you hear someone just not grunt at all. And you're like, oh, so a tennis player is completely capable of doing this and not sound like some complete buffoon, but um, I, I, I kind of hate more than grunting. I hate um, I, I personally just despise Serena Williams. I don't know if I've made that clear in, in like, vlogs you guys read, but um, when, she, when she gets in her come on mode in like the first round and the first game against some girl who's never played tennis before, I just lose my mind. I can't stand it. Uh, so you, you know, she's just like, come on, come on. Like, relax. You're playing a girl who's shaking on the other side of the court. She has no idea where she's going to hit this ball, and you're screaming, come on, down throw. Relax, Serena. Relax. <laughs> I mean, she did make the last row she played cry. She was 18, so I feel you on that one. The worst. I can't stand I could go on for hours about her, but I I, I'll, I won't. But she's, she's, I can't stand her. <laughs> All right, well, then just a, a couple more for you. Uh, Eric Hubs related. If people are watching you on the court, what do you think they take away from your game? A great backhand. Don't hit it to my backhand. Uh, <laughs> I have a great backhand in ping pong, and it translates into into tennis. Um, I'm going to probably serve it as hard as I can at the net, and it's going to hit the net and not go over. Uh, and then I'll probably have the worst second serve ever because I never was taught how to actually play the game. Um, I have really no strong forehand because I just focus on my backhand like an idiot. But I'll track down almost every ball. So that's where you're looking at. I'm also going to scream a lot and throw my racket a lot and uh, call everything in because I'm just going to try and win uh, or, or out whether it benefits me or not. And, uh, and yeah, I'll, I'll probably just look like a six-year-old on the court. <laughs> so sticking with the, the theme of your tennis, you're playing Roger Federer. Do you get a point? No, no, never. Not a chance. Not, <laughs> okay. not, not even close. Uh Two of our guys, uh, I know you guys aren't like, crazy familiar with Barstool, but um, two, of our, uh, two of us, the main guys at Barstool, they actually played uh, Andy Roddick in a, uh, in a video. And uh, they gave Roddick a frying pan instead of a racket, and he still just destroyed them. It was very, it's a very funny video. Go on YouTube and check it out. Uh, just type in like, Barstool and Andy Roddick. It's a very, very funny video. Oh, well, definitely, I'm definitely gonna have to do yeah, that. Absolutely, and for any of our listeners who want to check out more of your stuff, you know, you're at Barstool Hubs again. You're the host of the Short Porch Podcast. So I wanted to end with one baseball-themed question for you. You know, I was born 1995, so in the peak of baseball, I was watching. You know, the Barry Bonds is the Roger Clemens, the Alex Rodriguez of those three guys. You think all of them should be in the Hall of Fame? Because to me, it's a no-brainer. Yes. Yeah, um, I think without a doubt, uh, and you could probably throw David Ortiz in there too, even though I despise his existence. But from a Yankee <laughs> guy, but um, yeah, I think I think just 
ignoring them, and I think they will get in. You know, bonds at Clevenger are at sixty something percent, so they should get in within the next two years, I would think, maybe next year, hopefully. But if you're just gonna like, you can't just ignore an era of baseball, and it's and kind of like baseball's most popular era, like in terms of like the home runs and how fast, you know. It, the game was at its peak, like, in terms of popularity. And you can't just ignore that in the Hall of Fame, which is supposed to just, you know, be all about baseball history. So, I mean, you know, I don't even think that's an asterisk. I think it's just terrible. It's like, whatever. Like, it's just, that's what the era was like. Everyone was on stones. Well, it's just them. So, I mean, I don't know. You just can't take away history. You can't just, you know, forget 10 years of baseball, 15 years of baseball. So, yeah, they should all be in. <laughs> well, here's another one. This might instigate a fight, but what do you get more sh- out for covering baseball, a sport that's definitely going to die, or tennis, a sport that just no one likes? <laughs> um, no, the shit I get from tennis is that people don't think it's relevant enough to blog, but then I usually shove it in their face when people actually click on the interesting article. So uh, I can deal with the tennis stuff, but um, no, baseball is not a dying sport whatsoever. They, <laughs> uh, if you did any research, you would find out that baseball – uh, teams just made their most revenue in the history of their sport this past year. So they're all still making money. People are still going to the games. They're watching the games on TV. Uh, anytime the world, you know, the playoffs are like, the baseball playoffs are probably the best playoffs in all sports. Um, you, can, you, could, you could argue the NFL, but it, I don't know. Baseball players just get so intense. They're, they're, they pull your hair on that kind of thing because they're games, they're seven game series. So there were five games in the first round. So the basketball is still. Uh, hockey playoffs, I don't know, I don't care about hockey, but, uh, no, baseball is not a dying sport, so, yes, I do. <laughs> Which shot clock is more likely to stick, one on the pitchers or one on a server? Well, the one on the pitchers is not in, in the game yet, it's, it's going to be in the game, they're pushing for it. Um, which is likely to stick, that's actually a good question, I think they're going to get the, they're either going to, I could see them increasing the tennis one, because, uh, I think it's too short, and it's, like, bothering players in the most, like, ridiculous times when, like, they don't get bothered at all, like, in, early in the matches. So I think the tennis one will increase. A baseball clock will change the game, but it's probably for the better. So, like, you quicken the game up. So um, I think they both stick. I just think the tennis clock increases. Yeah, I mean – we've already seen line judges. Uh, I think C.T. Pass got called for against Bautista Goot where he lost a first serve. Hard to imagine anyone calling a point penalty for a shot clock violation in a big stage. That would be a Serena-esque scandal. So yeah, I, I think both, you know, both sports end up sticking with it, but look at, we're all, we're talking baseball now. You know, we promised we'd stick to the tennis. So this is probably a good point to wrap up. You know, Eric, thank you so much again for taking the time. I want to give you one last chance, plug, you know, plug your content, plug your stuff. Where can our listeners find more of you? Yeah. So on Twitter at Barstool Hubs, uh, Hubs with two Ps. Uh, on Instagram, Eric underscore Hubs. Uh, and then you can find me on BarstoolSports.com uh, under the blogger named Hubs. I'm always, there's something in the news with tennis and usually, you know, that's that quirky or whatever. Usually got it up on the site. It's, uh, if you haven't checked out Barstool Sports, you know, um, that you have to check it out. It's a, a very, very, very funny website uh, that uh, you will you will lose hours reading because it's uh, very interesting and funny. So uh, check out Barstool Sports. Check out me on Twitter. Uh, and I appreciate uh, you guys having me on. It's a lot of fun. Well, thank you, Eric. And as he just mentioned, make sure to go check him out. And Eric, as you heard us do in the beginning of our show, we end uh, in all of our shows with the same one-liner. And before we do that, gotta give a shout out to our producers. 
Fliegner and the Magician, who have a job to do, as Alex would normally say. Uh, but Eric, as we started our show, we want to end it with a hey, great shot. So if we can get one from you, Eric, hey, great shot. There it is. Yeah, thank th- you all for listening. Yeah, thank you so much. And Eric, again, you're always welcome back. I appreciate it, guys. Take care. Yeah, you too.